podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to Forest Focus. Hello, welcome to Forest Focus. Good start. As Nottingham Forest look to right the wrongs of Everton when they go to Fulham in the Premier League tomorrow night. Will we see a change in formation? Will we see a change in role for more Gibbs White? And will we see a first Forest start for Divock Origi? One thing we know is we need to see an improvement from Saturday. So joining me to discuss all that are, first of all, Reds fan Emily Anderson. Morning, Emily. How are you? Good morning. Yeah, good. I'm, I think I'm finally over Saturday. Two uh, days yes. Later. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, yeah let, uh, no, sorry. Forget I said anything. Move on. <laughs> but if people haven't seen our dissection of Saturday, uh, do uh, check it out uh, on our first podcast yesterday with Greg, Mikey and Lewis McGugan. Lots of praise for Lewis. Obviously, people like Greg and Mikey, but people were really into Lewis's contribution. So check that out. Second guest today is a debutante from the Forest All Over podcast and my FPL confidant slash uh, mentor sort of, uh, <laughs> in Chris Aylmer. Have I said that right? I don't even know if I said Yeah, you know, right. you, you did say it right. Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Hi, Emily. Hi, Matt. Hello. Um, I wouldn't say I'm your confidant considering this year I've been doing terribly in FPL so far, but... Um, we do we do have a soundboard off each other, don't we, Matt? So, yeah, thanks for having me on anyway. Uh, it's good to have you with us. Uh, very grateful to it. We'll expand the kind of fan uh, roster a little bit. Now we're going to do more stuff. So a few more people like Chris will be joining us from time to time. And great to have them on board. Uh, a few thank yous again before we start. Thanks everyone for liking and subscribing and spreading the word. Very much appreciated. Like I say, if you can subscribe to this, it makes all the difference. And give us a good uh, rating on uh, iTunes and Spotify. Very gratefully received. And thanks again to the Trent Nav uh, for sponsoring uh, the podcast. Very grateful for all their support. Just a reminder that Fulham v Forest is on live tomorrow night at the Trent Navigation. And it's also Curry Night for £8.50. So get down if you can. If you're apprehensive about the game, at least you can get a good feed, a good price. So do uh, support the navigation as they have supported us. Right, let's get down to business. How are you feeling about the game in general, Emily? Um, I actually strangely feel less nervous than I did against Everton. I think you were similar to me, Matt, in that I felt like Everton was a potential banana skin and it really was. Um, it was just everything that I, I don't like about my club that I love. Um, and I think it was the worst performance of the season. So for me, it can only, surely, surely it can only get better. Steve Cooper will not allow his players to perform like that against Fulham. We don't tend to do well at Craven Cottage. Um, for me, I'm going with the attitude of we cannot lose. We need to pick up a point. So whether it's backs against the wall um, and a scrappy draw. I, 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 at this point, Matt, I will take that because we have to pick up some points for the fans and for the for the players. But it's it's all it's all about confidence. And I just feel like the fans have lost confidence in the players. The players feel like they've lost confidence in themselves. Um, we've just got to go out there and battle. And it's going to be another battle tomorrow night. Fulham play in a similar vein to Everton, and I feel that. We are just going to have to make sure we're ready for that scrap because we weren't ready for a scrap on Saturday and we need to be ready. The fans need to be ready. The players need to be ready. So must not lose. Wouldn't it be great if we can get something out of it? Yeah, we did. We lost the battle and we can't do that again, certainly. What about your general thoughts on the game to kick us off, Chris? It's hard to get perspective, I suppose, after such a horrible game on Saturday. Um, I can't remember the last time we did a score at home. Maybe someone can remind me, but I, I, I can't remember. Um, 
obviously we were we were outclassed, so to speak, by a Deutsch team. I think unless we're outclassed by Fulham tomorrow, I think it's going to be compulsive viewing. I actually think it's going to be a really interesting game. Um, I, 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 this is kind of what we came to the Premier League for, these big games. And that's sort of how I've managed to flip the narrative in my head and, and get myself up for it again. But I'm very much like Emily. I'm actually excited about the game, uh, whereas two days ago, I just didn't want to talk about football. I suppose um, the big narrative around the game as well is the manager. We discussed it um, at length yesterday. And I think the general consensus was he's under pressure, he needs results, but now's not the time to think about that and we need to just knuckle down collectively and obviously the players have to do much better but if he doesn't get results it's a conversation to have but if he does get results Emily then it turns the narrative and we're feeling very different how are you feeling about the manager's situation it's it's that time of year again isn't it when um we've got the first potential premier league manager incoming in hecking bottom i don't think he's gone yet has he but he's highly likely to go from sheffield united after their dismal start to the season what i don't want is for that to start a domino effect as it often does this time last season we'd lost a, a lot more premier league managers and i remember steve cooper was under fire because we'd have an even worse start to our season um you know if you know me at all, you'll know that I'm a very big keeper in and I would I would stand by that because, as I've said, you know, we've waited all this time for a manager that can turn our team and our club around. Cooper's done that. He's going through a rocky patch at the moment. We need to stick with him. Yeah, it's a results business. Maranakis is very ambitious, but I think as fans, we've got to stick by him as long as the owner sticks by him because he is our manager. He is at the forefront of our club. Uh, look at Arsenal with Arteta. He didn't gel straight away. Look at what he's doing with Arsenal now. You need to give managers time to gel with their players. And I'm not saying that we haven't given him time because we have, but now is not the time to change our manager. And the very fact that if if Cooper goes, um, he will be snapped up by another big club. We know that he will be snapped up because he's a great manager. We've just got to find a way to get through games. So we've got to be braver. I think we've got to pick our best team. I know we're saying we don't know who that team is, but I think we've just got to be I think we've got to believe in ourselves and we've got to believe in Cooper. Um, so, yeah, I think the writing is on the wall. If the results continue to go badly, if we lose the next two, I I, I definitely fear for him. Um, but at the moment, we've just got to get behind him. We've got to get behind him. It's really important because if you're not getting behind him, what do you want? You want Boris to lose tomorrow night. You, you know, I just hope I just hope we can get something out of the next two games because for me he is the man. He's the man. What about you, Chris? I know I don't think we'd be having this conversation if we had Tyro or one new fit, but we don't and we have to make better of it than we than we have been. Have you still got full faith in the managers to do that? Yeah, I do. I, I have I absolutely do. I, I'm I'm resoundly Cooper in. Uh, I think that the fan base has had a slight shift over the course of the last few weeks, primarily because expectations have risen uh, this season compared to last season, where it was just about survival. This season, it, it was initially about a bit more. Um, I think the conversation that most people are having nowadays is sort of um, whether there's examples of has it worked when you get rid of a manager or has it not worked in the past? You you can look back as far as Nigel Atkins at Southampton and then it switched to Pochettino when it worked. You can look as, at Nathan Jones in Southampton last season where it didn't work. And we can give loads of examples, but there's, there's, there's two reasons why I keep Cooper. Number one is the potential that he has as a manager. I think he's a really talented coach and I mm. think he's only going to grow. Um, and uh, the, the, the other one is that if, if we don't settle 
uh, immediately after getting rid of a manager, it, it could be a bit of a snowball effect. You look at what happened to Leeds last season with Jesse Marsh. Of course, he kept them up, and then all of a sudden it was a problem again a season later. I think Forrester, a club that lacks consistency when it comes to managers over the last 20-odd years, and I think we badly need it, and that's that's why I'm Cooper in. Uh, good to have so many of you with us on a very, very dreary Tuesday morning. Very much mm. appreciated. Like I say, do us a favour and like and subscribe. Here's a nice video. That was from uh, at Jimmy NFFC on Twitter. Very kind of me. He does the Nottingham Forest cartoons. So at Jimmy NFFC, do follow him. Do like and subscribe to the podcast. Like I say, makes a massive difference. What about um, Fulham as opponents, Emily? They're one place above us, 14th, two points ahead, one win in the last five like us, although obviously our form extends negatively a bit longer than that. Mm. They had that you know, very good performance against Liverpool at the weekend, but they are there to be got out of. I think they're, yeah. you know, what do you make yeah. of them? Yeah, um, <clears throat> up until the last two games, you'd say they're really struggling without Mitrovic because they, they couldn't score goals, but then they've scored six in their last two games, but they've also conceded six in their last two games. Um, and they have a bit of a reputation for not worrying about the defending, just makes sure that they score one more than the other team. And obviously that didn't quite go to plan against Liverpool. But I think Fulham fans would argue that was probably their best performance of the season at Anfield to nearly get something out of them. Um, I feel like they, like I said, they they line up in a similar way to Everton, don't they, with the 4-4-2. But um, I feel like they have more than Everton and that slightly worries me. They've got the standout players of Polina, who I know you really rate, defensive midfielder, William, who can cause us all sorts of problems. Um, Tete had a great game, didn't he? Nullifying Salah at the weekend. Um, so they are there to be got at. And I think on our day, we have got the personnel to, to, to get something out of them. But I just think, like I've said before in my previous answer, we just need to be really brave defensively they're really sloppy um they struggle with defending set pieces but then I suppose we're not great at attacking set pieces so we might nullify each other there um they like to play out on the wide and cross balls in which again we've found without Bolly in the team we really struggle to defend those so I think we're just going to have to be really really disciplined really disciplined against them and I think it's going to be a scrap it's going to be a fight and I feel like when our backs are against the wall, which they kind of are now because, you know, we're getting to that point where we've won one in 10, we need to get a result. Maybe we'll do something. Do you remember last year when we needed to get something at St Mary's and we managed to grind out a scrappy 1-0 win? Maybe maybe it's that sort of game tomorrow night. Well, that's a good, it leads into a good question. Do you see that in this group of players, Chris? That scrappy, that fight or not? Uh, I do. Obviously, last year it just felt like there was more at stake and it felt like us against the world. We felt like the mm. underdogs and that kind of fed into the team a little bit and from the fans onto the pitch. I do see a fight. It's just difficult to find uh, where a good performance would be coming from based on the last two games. And the fact that they were at home is just so... Um, so defeating and and, and it really it, it kind of knocks the wind out of you so to speak so i think there's a lot of fight in the team i do i think that fulham aren't exactly pulling up trees the, the wins that they've had this season are well, luton everton sheffield united and i think it was a controversial one there last monday against wolves ral jimenez isn't pulling up trees himself mm. i think he's got one league goal in 13 games so i think they can be got at but uh to go back to your question is there fight in our team? Definitely. I think Cooper's just got to play the players that, that he believes will give him the most fight. Morgan Gibbs-White is obviously 
um, going to lead the way with that, I imagine. Um, let's look at our lineups then, the players that we think might give us the most fight and give us the best chance. I've got four lineups, uh, one from each of us, and then an extra one, which I know people would also like to see. Uh, we'll do Chris and Emily's first because they're very yeah, similar, at least in shape. So we'll start with yours, Emily, and I shall read it out. This graphic is a bit makeshift. I'm not sure people will even be able to read it on the screen. So I'll try and get uh, a better one. So forgive me for that, but I'll read it out for people who are listening as ever. Uh, 4 3 3 formation with Vlacodemos in goal, a back four of Toffolo, Murillo, Felipe, and Aina, both coming back into the side. Uh, Mangala, Dominguez, Sangare, midfield, and then Hudson Adoy and Elanga in support of Morgan Gibbs White as a central striker or a false nine. You can tell us about that, Emily. What's your what's your thinking here? Um, well, I, I would have ordinarily probably stuck with Bolly in the back four, um, but I think he went off at half time, and I'm not sure if he was fully fit. And actually, I know Felipe was probably seconds away from a red card, but just the it was just so great to have him back in that back four. And I I, re I truly believe Murillo and Felipe, if Felipe can stay fit, will be an awesome central defensive partnership. Um, I, I was really disappointed with Aurier on Saturday, actually. Um, I just... His tracking back wasn't there for me. Um, yes, he did have some positives in the game, but I'd, I'd bring Aina back in for his pace. Um, again, in the midfield, although it was... I, I totally understand why Yates started at the weekend for his niggling ability, but I felt like splitting up that back three, um, it just didn't work. I felt like Sangari doesn't work without Dominguez. And Mang the, the, the three of them together have gelled, and we saw that in the Aston Villa game. It allows Mangala to be a bit more defensive, and Dominguez can push forward, which will in turn help those front three. And I, I don't know whether we try Morgan Gibbs as a false nine um, tomorrow night, because with all due respect to Chris Wood, the way we line up, it doesn't work for him. It hasn't worked for him. He was ineffective on Saturday. And I just feel like maybe we can get more from Gibbs White down the middle with the pace of Hudson Odoi and Alanga feeding in on that. So yeah, that's that's why I've gone for that that lineup. No Origi start then for you. I, he hasn't done enough for me to start. Um, you could argue that maybe he does need to start the game to get to get him, you know, to get him involved in the game. But I've not seen anything from him that would make me want to drop any one of those players to put him in. Um, let's have a look at Chris's team then, because I think it does have a Rigi in it. So I'll read it out. Uh, like I say, it's same formation as Emily, 4-3-3. A couple of uh, differences. So Vlacodemos uh, in goal, back for Toffolo, Murillo, Niakate uh, being one of the differences. And Ola Aina at right back. Sangare, Dominguez, Mangala midfield. And then Ilanga, Gibbs-White uh, and Origi as a three-man attack. What's your just general thinking on the team there, Chris, before I throw some specifics at you? Um, well, I think basically we have to go back to what works. Um, our two best performances this season, in my opinion, were the Villa game and the West Ham away game. I know we were undone by set pieces, but we actually played a pretty good game that day. Um, what worked was that back four and that middle three. We were missing Dominguez last weekend. Uh, the weekend before, we were missing Sangare, so we haven't had that middle three. I think we got to go back to basics, and I know without Taiwo, it's a little bit different, but I, I put Origi up top because of his experience. He scores goals in big moments, as he's seen over the years, and I think that's our best bet. Go back to basics. Go back to the 4-3-3 mm -hmm. that worked in our best performances this season. Uh, let me ask you about a couple of specific names. Uh, Neocate over Felipe. Is that mm. 
you prefer Newcastle or you don't think Felipe might not be fit enough to play 90 minutes after so long out? I think Felipe came in and did reasonably well. Obviously, he got an early yellow card there on uh, Saturday. But I, I'd rather have Niakate in because him and Murillo have forged the, probably the best partnership so far this season in defence. I mean, if there is one. But they've, they've been the best centre-back partnership, in my opinion, for far so far. And, uh, yeah, I just think stick to what works. Um, I'm sorry, it's not very an exciting exciting answer. But, like, if if it works, go for it. And, and Felipe probably might be a bit rusty as well. You look, we brought Danilo back in a bit too soon after West Ham and it didn't work out. And I think it might be a similar situation with Felipe. Leave him on the bench, give him a couple more weeks to warm up into it uh, and play Niakate Murillo. And you, you still like hudson Adoy as a bench option then or you, you could see him starting? Yeah, look, of course I want hudson Adoy to start, but if, if I do that, then I have to play Gibbs-White in the false nine. And while I was considering what Emily said there, I, I don't think it's the right option for this kind of game. I think keep Gibbs wide out wide and coming into the middle every now and again. I know he's best suited in a 10, but Hudson Adoy for me is a really good impact player to affect the game. 60, 70 minutes if the game's not going our way. So I would save that in our back pocket and, and start Gibbs White and Alanga either side. The only frustration for me with Gibbs White on the right is you, he naturally goes into the middle. So we're almost yeah. wasting all that space. And it's so frustrating to watch him make these runs into the middle. And it's like, well, who's there? And, I know. Then, and then we're, we're losing all that potential on, on the, on the other side. That That's the only reason I put him down the middle. Cause he just drifts, doesn't he? He no, naturally I, drifts into that position. I agree, Emily. I, I, sorry for cutting over there. I agree. I just think that um, it's, it's kind of um, better the devil, you know, you've, you've yeah. either got Floyd playing in, in, in a false nine position with no outlet in front of him, or you have him out wide coming in. And I think mm. we're better off having that outlet. Uh, we've been better off this season with it. I know it's not Taiwo, and I know we miss him dearly, but I think we're better off going with that. Otherwise, Gibbs White will just have nothing in front of him. He'll have a Lang on the left and obviously Hudson on the right, but mm. there'll be nothing down the middle. I think we need it. Yeah, no. And I think we've, we've all got to maybe stop worrying about Ty because he's out for a long, long time. And he's one player. I know I'm the same. I'm exactly the same. But he's one player in a big squad. Someone needs to be able to step up and score goals for us. No, no one's got Aurier in their teams. I haven't seen the other two yet, but he's not in either of them. I've put down. I've got Aina in. Some uh, Adam in the comments suggesting Nico comes in, and also there's a story I saw before we started about Montiel potentially going back already to Sevilla because he can't get a kick. What about the right back situation, Emily? I mean, is there even a case for? bringing Montiel back in. I'd play Aina, but um, just on Montiel and, and Aurier, the drop-off we've seen in Aurier this season. Mm. I just think for consistency, I'd, I'd go back to Aina. I know I'm kind of um, contradicting myself there because obviously we started with Aurier on Saturday, but I wouldn't probably have started with him anyway. Um, we haven't seen enough of Montiel, have we? Because he had a bit of a shaky start. Then we started to see some, some good signs in him. But actually, Aina surprised everyone and has almost cemented that right back spot and actually similarly to hudson Adoy, i feel like nico is a great impact sub we've seen him haven't we in the last 10 minutes of certain games where he's he's just he's just done he's done enough hasn't he and he's quick and he's still young and he's still yearning uh, learning sorry so for me he's he's certainly not a starter but he's a great impact sub and i don't see where montiel fits in at the moment um, let me just put up an alternative lineup. this one isn't mine but it's one we could play uh People have wanted this at home. I don't know if it works way, but four two three one, 
that same mm. back four we've mentioned. It's got Niakati on here, but it could be Felipe. Uh, Sangare in midfield holding. Again, it could be Dominguez instead of Sangare. I just don't think he's fully fit. And then three in, uh, in behind. So um, Gibbs, White, Hudson, Adore, and Alanga in behind Origi, but could be Chris Wood. You, would you consider that, Chris, or is it a bit too attacking away from home? No, I, listen, I like it. It, it. it is similar to, 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 to mine, except the formation. Obviously, we have we have Gibbs White in the pocket just behind the three. I, I, yeah, I think it might be a little too attacking um, against a Fulham side that, as Emily said, scoring a lot of goals. But I do like it. I, I honestly, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't bet against it, and I'd, I'd go for it if, if, if we plan on playing that formation. But for me, I think we need three in the middle. That's what's worked, mm. and I think we have to go with that. I think we have to go with the, the three midfield that have, have, have worked best for us. Um, so. Yeah, I wouldn't quite go with it. What's surprising to me is everyone seems to have Toffolo on their team now, including me. At the start of the season, I never would have thought that Toffolo was going to be our nailed-on wing-back starter over everyone we have. So um, it's good It's good to have that left-back problem sorted. But yeah, it looks good. I just I just wonder will we get swallowed up in midfield. Mm. What do you yeah. think about it, Emily? Yeah, I think as well. particularly because um, in, with, with regards to the midfield, I, I love the attacking side of it because it's a really positive um, it's a positive formation, but similarly to what you said, Chris, I just feel like, particularly with what Fulham have got in their midfield, we would be probably in serious trouble. And we don't know how and why it works, but that that middle three of Sangari, Dominguez, and Mangala seems to be our best midfield, and I wouldn't want to disrupt that. And Toffolo, I think he's the consummate professional actually this season, isn't he? He's dug in, he's done the business, he's worked hard. He's very quietly gone about his business. He always gives us at least a seven out of 10 in a game. He's reliable. And I'm really pleased for him because at one point we didn't know whether he'd, he'd be able to feature and when he was going to get a potential ban. So I'm, I'm really pleased for Toff. Um, and isn't it great that we've put him in our team without even giving it a second thought? He's, he's, our, he's currently our first left back. Um, let's put up my team, which does break up the midfield and uh, is very different. Uh, this is so. Uh, this comes from uh, walking back from the game with Mark Southerns, who's on tomorrow. Uh, after pretty much after the game, uh, we'll do a stream and people can give us their thoughts. But he's a big advocate of this team, and I've sort of come around to it. So I'll read it out, and then I'll make a make a pitch for it. So it's back to three at the back for Kodamos in goal, uh, Niakate, Felipe, and Murillo, and then uh, four across the midfield: uh, Aino and Toffolo as wing backs, Sangare and Mangala sitting. And then Hudson Adoy in support of Gibbs White. So it is quite radically different. But I think the thinking, this is Mark's thing, and I agree with it. Murillo is just our best player at the moment, mm -hmm. our standout player. And this would get him on the ball and release him to be a ball carrying defender, pass it more. He's quick, so he can cover that space uh, on the right side where I think it would be Wilson plays. So no worries about him defensively. And obviously, we cannot defend balls into our box at the moment. So an extra centre-half would make mm. some sense. So I can see that. Uh, Toffolo and Aina have to play as wing-backs in this formation. And we can't play five at the back. Toffolo is a good attacking left-back. And we've seen Aina can be a good attacking right-back. Mm. So if they get forwards like uh, Aina did at West Ham and Toffolo, we've seen he can put good balls uh, into the box. Uh, and they don't have to be in the air because I know people are going to say that. they can, you know, He pulled it back against Villa twice. And he can drill it across. So I see some logic there. And then um, Hudson Adoy uh, out wide with pace and Gibbs White in a false nine, which means we're a counter-attacking team, which means we go back to our identity of what we were last season. Because 
Uh, obviously, we wouldn't play this formation if we were in a good place and playing well and winning. So it's not the ideal formation. But I think it has some of the ingredients that we need to get back to where we are. It does have big pitfalls, though. Obviously, mm. no one really wants to play a false nine. So you could play a Rigi or Wood there. I think Wood might not be fit here. He extended his knee in the first half, as we saw. So he's a down. Willy Bolly's got a hip injury, so I don't think he'll play. And Danilo is out with illness, was the other bit of team news. So I'm not sure if he'll play. But it does give us pace on the break. Uh, the big downside, as Emily said, uh, I love Jaropolina, and he could win that midfield battle quite comfortably against two players where you could have Sangari or Dominguez and Mangala. So it would be a risk. But I think Cooper's comfort blanket is really three at the back, and I think he always quite secretly wants to play it. So there's a lot for and against uh, there. Any thoughts on it, Chris? Yeah, so you're looking at potentially pushing Murillo on the ball a bit forward, stepping into midfield, and Felipe and Niakati maybe closing the gap when we get forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Murillo would step in, and he could make... Uh, sort of an extra man or Gibbs White mm -hmm. can drop in as an extra man so we're not getting completely bullied but I think we saw against Luton Murillo started a lot of our attacks and Cooper said he's key to starting our attack so if we can release Murillo and make him even better and focus on one of our few strengths that we've seen the last few weeks then I see some merit in it but there is a lot of risk there isn't there yeah, I mean, well, I, I think I think the 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 one thing to note is that if with your formation you'd be having Murillo sticking balls over the top for Elanga and Hudson Odoi, who both have pace, Gibbs White has a good touch as well. Whereas the game on Saturday, I think we saw relentless balls over the top from Toffolo and Murillo to Wood or Elanga down the line. They just weren't working. Whereas mm -hmm. with your formation there, you have two or three outlets up top, so it, it could work. I think you're you're trying to strangle the game a little bit as well, like the Chelsea game away where we played five or three three and two wing backs. Matt, is that the plan? Yeah, we've got to be harder to beat. You know, Ooh, we true. can't lose both these games. So I think, you know, that helps. But obviously we can't get pinned back and have, you know, five strung across the defence and have no out ball. It's good. You've got to be brave playing this formation. So, yeah, uh, it is. It's a, it would be a, a sort of a roll of the dice, but it would also bring us a bit of extra security in a way. What, what do you think about it, Emily? I toyed with the back five, actually, just to give us that extra bit of security because we have been just terrible, haven't we, at defending set pieces in the last few games. Uh, but my only my only feeling was that it, it just leaves us a bit short in midfield, really. And I just think that we've just got to pack, pack the midfield against um, Fulham. I, I quite The more you talk about it, the more I quite like it, actually. But um, I wonder whether that's a step two to par for tomorrow night and maybe if it goes wrong... You know, there could be some serious questions asked as to why why you'd go for something so, so, so different. Um, but, I, you know, you talk about releasing Murillo to go forward, which is obviously brilliant because we know he can go forward. We kind of just need a Murillo in every position, really, don't we? If only we could have 11 Murillos, we'd be sorted. There you go. That's what Adam said in the comments. Oh, there you go. Right. Yeah. And Jack said, uh, the more Maisie runs we have, the better. That's true. I mean, you know, I think he had our first shot on target on Saturday with one of those mazy runs. So yeah, I'm all all for Murillo. Another point is, Chris, about we paid all this money for Sangare and mm. you kind of want him to be a dominant force. And he's you know, he's our Polina. He's mm. do you sort of want him to go toe to toe with someone and and, and dominate? It's a bit difficult because he's been ill and I respect that. But we just haven't seen a full ninety minutes yet from him in consistently, I'd say. 
Yeah, no, we've had a couple of games. There was a there was a handful of games we had in a row where Sangari had started to improve, and we thought, oh, here's the Sangari that we're really looking forward to seeing. And then all of a sudden, he got ill, and and then came back on Saturday, probably a little too early to be honest, because he mm. wasn't great. Um, I I, I want to see him, Mangala, and Dominguez all marshal the midfield if they do play. But the the key thing is to keep Pereira quiet. And 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 we going toe to toe Paulinho is going to be difficult. He's proved that he's an absolute class player last season. So I, I don't expect Sangari to necessarily go toe to toe with him. I just want him to do the things that he does best well. Like I want him to pass the ball well. I want him to get forward. I want him to thread through some of those balls. I want him to take a shot from distance. We've seen loads of highlights of that. Mm-hmm. I just want to see him do the things that he does well. Uh, I feel like he's lacking confidence a little bit, and I think that's what's holding him back. I think he's lacking a bit of confidence um, on the pitch. And uh, yeah, I, 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 we need a big game from him because Mangala, to be fair, has been the one marshal in the midfield for most of the season and doing his job. We need Sangari to now step up and, and, and be the big signing and the big money that we paid for, you know? Mm. Do you think he's still adapting from the Dutch league, Emily? Because it's such a difference in standards. Yeah, to me, it feels like a player, like you said, Chris, I I echo what you say. I think he's really struggling with confidence at the moment. And you can see that because he doesn't want to have a go. He doesn't want to have a pop on the edge of the box because he doesn't want to get it wrong. Um, And those few games where he has played well, you can see those little seeds of him him getting better and better. But yeah, it's some players take a while to settle in, don't they? Um, we, We know he's a good player. Um, I think because of the price tag, we expected him to to come in and and hit the ground running like like Murillo has, um, and he hasn't done that. But I I still think he's earned his place in our starting eleven, and I think with the support of Mangala and Dominguez, hopefully hopefully it will it will really click for him, so he does become that big money big money signing that that we all we all expected from him. Um, but yeah, I just hope maybe a, a good performance tomorrow night will give him a bit of confidence um, and hopefully he'll, yeah, he'll improve quickly. Any final thoughts on the game, Chris, before we move on? Yeah, just that we have to sort our way for him out. It's the relentless question and answer that, that goes around forever. You know, we've won, what, two away games in 26, I think. Um, so we've won two games away from home in the Premier League since September last year. That's not good enough. Uh, it's certainly not the fans away from home because they're brilliant. Um, I just don't know if it's a mental thing or what, what what's going on. Um, but the positive thing to look at, even in bad performances this season, we've generally only lost games by one goal. I know we, we lost away to Liverpool and Man City by more than that, but we, we've been in every single game, even with bad performances. So I'm just we need an away win more than ever now, more than ever. What about you, Emily? Anything before we move? Yeah, on? I agree. I agree with what Chris has said. We we des- desperately don't. We need to find that away form and and just get behind the team tomorrow. You know, let's just get behind the team, cheer them on. The like you say, the away fans are absolutely fantastic. I was there for the Palace game, which was a terrible game, but the most amazing atmosphere. Um. So. Yeah, I think we've just got to get behind the team. Um, we've got a bit of time. And we ran out of time yesterday. So there was a point I was going to discuss, which uh, Dan, who I think is in the comments, said about the makeup of the squad. And if we have too many players who are out of contract or on loan or just out of the team and we're giving off those Leicester vibes where, you know, that that felt like a squad that had come to the end of its journey. Mm. I, I do see that. But this is a also, this is the pattern of how Forest operate and Steve Cooper's managed it well. Just where we are at at the moment, Emily, do you kind of... 
worry that the squad has got too big, too unwieldy, and it might create problems? Or is it just this is the Forest way and we've just got to get it? We're just used to it. I think this is the way we operate, really. I don't see us as having Leicester vibes at the moment. Um, most people that listen to this podcast will know that my other half is a Leicester fan. So I kind of lived and breathed that last season. And I promise you that the, the it was a lot worse in their dressing room that, that, than what we're going through at the moment. Yeah, we do have a lot of players out on loan. We have players that aren't featuring that are in our squad, but I think we're still learning. And we know, don't we, from the last few seasons, this is how we operate. Um, and I think the the players that we do see semi-regularly seem to be working well together. We just, we had a bad night on Saturday and we've had a bad few performances. That doesn't make a bad team. We're just, we are going through a rocky patch at the moment. Um, I, I don't see any divisions in our squad at the moment. I don't see anyone that doesn't care. I did leave quickly after the game on Saturday, but I was very close to Mangala and Murillo and, both looked despondent as in they were really disappointed they were as disappointed as we are they want to win and they want to win for, for Cooper and for the fans so no I, I think I think I don't I don't see any issues there I suppose what we do have Chris is this clutch of players that are out of the side that kind of lend themselves towards a bit of a January reset when you think about Montiel, Santos, Cuyate mm. uh, to an extent there's a group of players that you kind of feel you know, a, a sort of dispendable and help might help us move some people around in the market in January. And then you'd add Scarpa to that list as well, who I think is probably going to go back to Brazil. Yeah, definitely. I think that the last 18 months has been lots of ins and outs and we sort of even forget about players. I actually forgot about Cuyate and, and Santos for a second there, you know what I mean? And and now it looks like they'll probably be shipped on in January. Um, obviously, there's rumours swirling around other players that we won't get into uh, who've been at the club for a long period of time uh, there today that, that might be, be heading out. But I, I think the key for us is to focus on the, the squad that we, we need to keep together. The, the players that are injured, like Danilo, Felipe, Taiwo, those are our core players over the course of the next 18 months. Obviously, Felipe will probably be going out at some stage in the summer. He's getting on. But this January, I'm not sure where we sort of trim the fat, so to speak. Um, but there's definitely going to be some players just sitting just on the edge of the fringes of the squad that will be moving on. And, um, yeah, happened last January. And then we, we will have incomings as well, Matt. We'll have incomings as well. We'll have probably have a striker because I don't know how much faith we have in our first-choice striker being Wood and Origi. Um, but, yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting January for sure. But there's lots of games to play till then. So, What do you think about Joe Worrell maybe going, Emily? Oh, I that's think what that's I was talking about. Yeah, he's been that's what I was talking about. To... I didn't want to say it. That's, I didn't well, want to say it. He's linked with Middlesbrough, uh, I saw yesterday. Uh, and he's well down the pecking order. I mean, he's not even in the squad at the moment. Uh, could you see him moving on in January? I think I probably could now. On a, uh, yeah, on a personal level, I, I wouldn't like it because he's Forrest through and through. We know he's a huge fan and um, has come up through the ranks of the academy. But for his career... He's so far down the pecking order now, isn't he? He's our club captain, but he's he's not really getting a sniff anymore. And um, when he came on against Luton, no, sorry, he played against Luton, didn't he? And he, it was his, he came on, didn't he? And it was unfortunately his mistakes that led to us conceding. Um, I don't want him to go because I love him as a Forest player, but I think for his career, that would be a great move to go to Middlesbrough, wouldn't it? They're doing well in the championship now. They've turned themselves around going for promotion. So that's probably good for him. And I suggest with a heavy heart, he'd probably go because he's Forrest. He wants to play for Forrest. But mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just just not worked for him. I think we've 
maybe we've we've gone up a notch and unfortunately he can't quite find that level the problem mm, is he, he has he sorry matt he has massive um games in him this season against mm. chelsea a big game and then he loses confidence comes on against luton and there's a mistake here or there that's the real issue is he he's inconsistent but he's he's either really amazing and brilliant i mean i think he started against arsenal last year and we kept them out late in the season one nil mm. And, and or it all sort of falls apart from. And the other issue is that we have Omobamadeli and other young centre backs coming through as well, on top of Niakate, Felipe, Bali, Murillo. So, yeah, it's uh, maybe for his career it's best. But like, like you said, Emily, I'd, I'd miss him deeply, deeply. Mm, uh, I think we're going to sign Nino from uh, is it Fluminense? I can't remember off the top of my head. But that, you know, there's going to be a turnover of centre halves in the next year. I think so. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Worrell and Scott McKenna left and uh, a few others McKenna, at the end of this him. season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, we've got a very unwieldy big squad. Um, right, uh, any other business before we go, Emily? Uh, no, no. Good luck to the under-21s or the B team, as they're called now, in the EFL trophy. Um, hopefully they can progress. Um, are they, Doncaster they've got? Uh, yeah, Mikey gave yeah. a good plug yesterday. Oh, so yeah. Well, down, yeah, good luck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show them support if you can. Yeah. Uh, Chris, uh, well, any other business? And also give us a plug for your podcast uh, where people can find you and what you're about. Oh, thanks, Matt. Uh, yeah, it's it's an acquired taste, our podcast. It's um, Forest All Over Podcast is the name of it, obviously, and it's based sort of on Forest All Over the World. We, we started having fans from different parts of the world come on, tell their stories about where they watch the Forest games from. Um, but it, it's sort of 60% of it has now descended into just myself and another Matt, who's my co-host, big shout out to him, just arguing all the time. Um, but yeah, <laughs> you, you, you can find us at NFFC All Over on Twitter or at Forest All Over on Instagram, or you can just look up Forest All Over podcast. But uh, it is an acquired taste. It's not as professional as this one you're doing Matt and a big shout out to you Matt for for starting this up again obviously it's the same as it always has been but it's far as focus now and I just want to genuinely wish you all the best because uh, fair play to you oh thank you yeah do check out uh, Forest All Over it's very funny it's well edited you say it's not professional but it is uh, two good friends arguing repeatedly and abusing <laughs> each other but with a, a mutual love and respect for Forest if not maybe each other at times I don't know yeah but uh, yeah it's very good check it out uh, the only other one from me so I forgot on uh, Monday to thank Matt Mitchell, who generously uh, paid for my ticket for Everton uh, as a thanks to this podcast, which I thought was very nice of him. When he could have could have taken some cash off me. So, uh, yeah, very grateful to Matt and everyone who listens to this podcast and uh, has lent us their support over the last week or so. Very much appreciated. Is that the Christmas bells in the background? Don't really <laughs> That's the doorbell. So, as you can hear, the dog is letting me know that the postman is at the door. That was good timing, okay. wasn't it? Well, uh, yeah, I might mute you for the rest of the show then uh, and just say thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And lovely to see you, Chris. Hope you come back soon. Thanks a million. I'm sure he will. I'm sure thanks. he will. Right. Uh, thanks for everyone who joined us. Just a reminder to... Appreciate it. Really helps us out. Good of so many people to join us at this time on a dreary morning, as I said. Chris, thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed your debut. I really appreciate it. Thanks a million. Um, thanks, Emily. Lovely to be on with you. And of course, Matt, thanks a million for coming on. And, uh, all the best for the crew for the future. I'm, I'm sure you're going to smash smash it. Thank you very much. Uh, we shall be back tomorrow evening, uh, 15, 20 minutes after the final whistle. Myself and uh, Mark Southerns discussing whatever we have just witnessed. Obviously, 
We hope it's positive. Uh, have a good 24 hours or so, well, 48 hours, uh, and then enjoy the game, and we shall see you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.